Hello, and thank you for joining us here at Where Am I To Go podcast. Before we start our show today, there's a couple things I would like to bring to your attention. First of all, we have a Facebook page where we post lots of pictures of places we've been and things that we've done, and also other little things that people might be interested in knowing. We also have an email address at whereamitogopodcast at gmail.com. If anybody has any ideas, suggestions, or thoughts about our program, please let us know. I'm more than interested in hearing comments, feedback, and that type of stuff, and it will also help to make a better show. And lastly, we are on Patreon. If anybody's interested in joining us there and helping us along with our adventures, we would be more than happy to have your assistance. Now, thanks again for joining us today, and let's get on with the show. Today we are in Douglas, Wyoming, which is north of Cheyenne, east of Casper. Uh, it's right on the interstate, pretty easy to get to, very easy to get to. It's kind of the fun place of Wyoming, I would say. It's where they have the state fair, they have a lot of different types of conventions. They used to have a drag strip here, but I think that that is now defunct. But we are here with Jenna she is the curator of three different uh, areas here. She's in charge of the Wyoming Pioneer Memorial Museum, the Fort Fetterman uh, site, which is a state park. State historic site. A state historic site. And then also the World War II POW uh, yes. camp. camp. Camp Douglas. Camp Douglas. And so Jenna is going to talk to us a little bit about uh, her, her job, her three different uh, museum areas, and we're going to go through this museum. Thank you, Jenna, for taking your time today, and welcome to Where Am I to Go? Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, so let's, let's just kind of start off with Fort Fetterman. Okay, Fort Fetterman, uh, State Historic Site, it is about nine miles um, outside of Douglas on Highway 93. It is a seasonal operation, so it's closed right now, but it's open Memorial Day to Labor Day. We stayed open a little later this year due to COVID. We wanted right. more guests, and we ended up having a one function that was outside this year, so in September. Um, but it, we also have a friends group called Friends of Fort Fetterman, and they're instrumental in helping us with uh, all of our programs out there and fundraising and whatnot. The fort was uh, named after Fetterman, uh, Captain Fetterman. Who and what was... happened to Captain Fetterman? <laughs> oh, let me tell you about him. <laughs> now, the I'm... fort is named after him. This is not where these events took place. Exactly, which we get mistaken all the time for um, Fort Phil Kearney. We get people calling saying, oh, we're at the Fetterman battle site and blah, blah, blah. We're, you know, oh, well, you're a hundred and... 80 miles away, so I think I made you need this to come mistake. to Fort Fetterman down I, in Douglas. I so. made this mistake when we were at the KC Museum, and I said something about Fetterman meeting his demise at Fort Fetterman, and she had to correct me. Yes. No, that was Phil, Fort Phil Kearney. Yes, our <laughs> Fort, 
Fetterman, was named after Fetterman. So when he passed away, that Fort Fetterman was the next fort built um, and named after him. So he, of course, was never at our fort. Um, it, fort Fetterman was, is considered the hardship fort. Nobody wanted to be stationed there, uh, mainly for the weather. It's up on the high plains. It is right on the banks of the Platte River. Beautiful in the summer, but in the winter, it's right. pretty nasty. Um, as you, there's a book called Dry Bone right here, and that, I mean, anyone who has read this book will see this depicts the winters of Fort Fetterman, which pretty you know, dreary looking cover. Yes, um, there's nothing grows there even today. We tried to grow some trees out there for shade, and uh, they never make it. So. It was called the Hardship Fort. It was built in uh, 67. And then when the army um, shut down all the forts, I believe it was 80, 82, 86. I can't remember my exact closure dates of the fort. Um, but it was one of the forts on the Bozeman Trail. And sorry about that. No, no, um, that's all good. And... Uh, you know, the Bozeman Trail was... Now, there's really not much left there anymore. Is well, that correct? Well, out at the fort, we do have an officer's quarters, which is our museum building. Okay. And um, we have an ordinance building that is where it was then. It is. It was uh, renovated, okay. should I say, or reconstructed. I was so it's there. not an original building, per se, the ordinance building, but the, the, the museum part is okay. an original I was out there many years ago, and it seemed to me like what I remember out there was mostly foundations and, yes. and you know, placards telling what was where as far right. as the bakery and the State officers' State archaeology and... had done a vast digs and stuff throughout the decades, and yes, what you see is the, we have a lot of nice interpretation around the trails through the fort grounds that will tell you where things were, um, and you can see some of the foundations and the... Um, we have a gazebo, of course, that isn't there, but people right. like to walk out there to see the fort or see the river um, and look across the river to where the hog ranches were. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Which, uh, that's another story all in itself is the hog ranches, but right. um, being out and there. And we're not and, talking about people that ro raised pigs. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about um, the seedy little... Uh, area that yes it was there during the four years but it was also um when it, the fort closed down it became fetterman city um which was kind of a wild west you know okay no rules apply kind of gambling uh prostitutes you name it that went on out there so the hog ranches were basically the gambling and the the naughty parts of fetterman city but um or the fun parts of their history. Their history. <laughs> Depending on what you look at, the fun parts of being out there. Um, that was where they thought Douglas, the town, was going to be. But when they built the railroad, they brought it closer to here. And that's why Douglas is where it's at, not out in the where Fort Fetterman is. Okay. Um, then we went and looked at the POW camp. Yes. And I was not aware, okay... I called you because I saw an advertisement that said Camp Douglas, World War II POW camp. And I'm going, I've been to Douglas many times, 
not not hundreds, but but many times. I've been over here to State Fair and driven through on my way to Cheyenne a lot, and I always make a stop. They've got a nice little Mexican restaurant here, and mm -hmm. and uh, so I've stopped here several times. I had no idea there was a World War II POW camp in Douglas, and this is a European, like German, Italian. Yes. Prisoner of war camp, mm -hmm. not like the Japanese internment camp that we went to at Heart Mountain. Right. Which is on another podcast if you're interested in learning about the Japanese internment camp. Yeah, they were Japanese Americans. These were actual prisoners of war that came from Europe or the most of our uh, prisoners that came to Douglas were from the African theater. From the African theater. Yes. Okay. So they were caught there and then brought um, by ship to Romulus, New York, and then by train down to Cheyenne, Fort Warren, and then up here to Douglas. Douglas was the main uh, POW camp in Wyoming, so it was one of the, the major ones. And then there were 17 um, satellite camps throughout the state. And where were these satellite camps? Can you name like maybe um, five of them? I'm just, yes, of I'm course. just curious because... Um, Yes. I, I don't expect you to name all 17. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. <laughs> well, uh, up in Lovell. They there was one in Lovell. Yes, they did, uh, helped pick beets, sugar beets, uh, crops. And that's not far from Heart Mountain. Right. And how many, how many, do you know how many I POWs do, they had there? I do not. Um, so they would take, uh, guards would be able to take some of the prisoners off to these sites from Camp Douglas, they would work there for a few weeks, come back, and then, you know, go back and forth. Really? All these places. So um, Lovell was one. Uh, Esterbrook, they did tie hacking up there. And around Douglas, they worked on ranches. Um, up in Arveda, I believe, they worked on ranches. Um, down in Veteran, Wyoming, towards Torrington. Okay. Um, south of Torrington, also helped with picking crops. Um, so those weren't actual barrack set-up camps like what Camp Douglas no, was? No, it was more like families hosting kind of a thing. Okay. Um, so we're at war with Nazis, <laughs> and we are housing them so that they can work our beet fields. Yes, because, this all, is of, interesting. because all of our boys were overseas <laughs> fighting in the war. So they actually were instrumental in saving ranchers and farmers and the industry in Wyoming at the time. This is just, this is a whole part of history I have not heard yes, anything and, about. Yeah, did I and say, I kind of, du yeah, they were up in Dubois. I mean, they were all over down in Saratoga. And so Saratoga. they take them for two, three weeks and, and, yeah, or a month or, or something? Or so, yeah. Kind of like the old CCC camps, yeah, maybe. Yeah, uh-huh. Yep, because down in Ryan Park and Carbon County. Up, right. I mean, so they would do the timber and the logging and all kinds of stuff like that. Okay, and so... so and there's a book called uh, Wyoming... Uh, World War II POW Camps um, of Wyoming by Cheryl O'Brien, and it, she goes through all of the sites that they they worked in in Wyoming, the 17 satellite areas. Okay, and how big was Camp Douglas, where they kept everybody before shipping them out to these little satellite projects? Yes, Camp Douglas um, at the time was bigger than the town of Douglas. Uh, it was, I'm not sure of the acreage right off the top of my hand, but you know where the camp you went to the camp, so you right. where it is now. That's the officers' club. That's the only building still standing. Um, the reason it's still standing is the Odd Fellows took it over after the war, and inside all the murals on the walls, every, every wall is covered by 
a mural that, you know, three uh, POW Italians painted on the walls. So thanks to the Odd Fellows, that building is still standing. Otherwise, I think it would have been taken down like the rest of the camp. But anyway, it went from there and the interstate wasn't here. I-25 wasn't here. So I went clear across um, the street where all those businesses are and then almost clear to the river. Um, and from the pictures I'm seeing, it looked like there was 100 or maybe there's even 200 hun hundred, barracks. 180 buildings on uh, the okay, site. Okay, so I'm, I'm in between. I'm doing <laughs> yes, all right. Yes, you're pretty good. <laughs> yes, so they, they had their own fire department. You know, they they had their own baseball field. Um, they had uh, a, lot of, a lot more freedoms than most prisoner of war you know, like our right. guys overseas had. I mean, right. goodness gracious. A lot of the guys, especially, uh, there was a quote from one Italian that we never had it so good. As <laughs> 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 being in a prisoner of war camp in uh, America. Of course, the Italians were, seemed to be more happy to be here than the Germans. They're still, uh, you know, in the realm of Hitler. Like, we're still... Uh, our duty is to him, and you know, so they some of them acted up more than any of the Italians did. They even tried to form their own coup and they had president voted in presidents, and um, you know, <laughs> tried to over that we're going to try and overthrow the right. U.S. Army men here. But you know, that came to a quick halt once they figured out what some of them were doing. Of course, the only I think there was three or four that tried to escape in all the time their prison was open, and they were Germans, and they made it down towards Glendo. Uh, when they were captured, they asked if they were still in Wyoming. They thought they were in, like, Texas or something. Oh, or oh they, they, thought they, they, they thought they had made it a long way, <laughs> you know? It's like, hey, nope. <laughs> well, we did a podcast at a military museum. In fact, the podcast just came out two weeks ago. Uh, at an Arizona military museum, and it was also a German... POW camp, and I had known that there were some, but I didn't really know that there was this much POW stuff going on in the United States. But they had an escape also where they dug a tunnel for 175 feet oh, and were look, while walking around looking for a river, from what I understand, and the <laughs> river was all dried up because it only flowed for a couple months a year. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, yeah, it's, it's a pretty interesting little piece of history. And your building is so cool. Like you said, you have murals all around on the walls. And these are, uh, the thing that intrigued me about it, I guess, is that they're all Western scenes, almost like Charles Russell painted them or something yes. like that. And yet you have Italian POWs describing through picture the Wyoming life on the, cowboy life on the plains. Yes, as you saw, there were many cowboy scenes, uh, what looks like Old Faithful, uh, there's a scene, and then one of the famous Pony Express uh, right. uh, scenes that we say that they were inspired by artists such as C.M. Russell. Okay. Um, and um, um, William Henry Jackson. Right. And Thomas Moran, some of the more famous artists of the time, uh, or prior, when, time. prior time, when right. Wyoming was first being discovered, basically. Um, in, but those pictures would have maybe been on calendars. So and what other we things. believe there is a C.M. Russell book um, that I found that had almost the exact, you know, replica. You know, our our POWs 
exact interpretive replica of this Sam Russell book. So his sketch, Sam Russell's sketches, and some of his artwork were formed in a book. I believe it was uh, in 1930 or shortly after Sam Russell passed away, this uh, compilation of book came into one of his books. Um, So over there we do have, uh, we printed some uh, exact from Sam Russell's book that we have out on the display underneath or next to the murals or uh, William Henry Jackson's version versus ours. So we think somewhere there, you know, there, they must've had a library, saw some Sam Russell or, or some other history books um, that they interpreted, had their own interpretation of it. So yeah, it was pretty cool though because none of them have ever seen our West. Um, I wouldn't have thought so, but they did a fantastic job. But Europeans job. were also fascinated with uh, the West, even in the forties, um, in they movies, had movies yeah. and stuff. Um, so, and Italians, you know, they had plenty of horses in the Italian countryside. So currently, or we never knew anything um, about any of the artists except for their names. Um, their first initial, last name is on some of the. Um, artwork. This summer, we had an Italian studies professor from California who got a grant to come study those murals. So she came, and we went through the camp. She actually called me a few weeks ago. She found one of the artist's brothers still alive. He's 95 years old. Wow. And so he told told her about his brother, and we've got a picture of him. Uh, we've got a picture of their family tombstone plot <laughs> in Italy. Um, I need to still get, that's so fresh, we still need that interpretation over there. But um, Enzo Tarquinio is the one that uh, she found his brother. Okay. And he said that Enzo was a professional painter in Italy. Um, when he came back from the war, he helped restore some of the churches and damaged buildings around Italy. Um, He actually passed away doing some pieces in a church, died of a heart attack. (laughs) So he literally did art until the day he died. And his brother uh, is a famous um, illustrator uh, uh, in Italy. Okay. So <laughs> wow, and these murals are good-sized murals. Oh yeah, I, I mean, some of them are. It's not like little paintings. These oh, yeah, are yeah. on the walls, all over. Uh, yeah, some, some of them are at least. Oh, I measured them for this Italian studies gal a couple weeks ago. Um, but yeah, they're most of the summer half the wall. I yeah, mean, literally half the wall. Probably I don't know what. Eight feet. Eight feet eight tall feet by, and ten yeah. feet long. Yeah, or they're pretty yeah. big. In yeah. the bar area, there's. Um, quite a few smaller versions, but again, covers every wall that we have, uh, pretty much. (laughs) And you've also got really nice display cases in there with with different uh, artifacts, I guess, from World War II as far as uniforms. The the majority of the wood carvings and other handmade goods or artifacts that you see in there were done by prisoners. Okay. Um, Most of them just made them by scraps and um they the what they used for glue was dried cottage cheese and made wow. it into a paste really 
and it's a miracle that these things still exist. Um, yeah. If you saw some of the wood carvings, they're pretty intricate. They're very um, intricate. So what would happen is they'd befriend these ranchers or people, the farmers they would work for, and they'd make them something as an appreciation of letting them work on their... And, you know, they became friends. And, and, and so we got those artifacts by people in Douglas and around Wyoming once we became a state historic site, oh, yeah, here, have this. And some of them were here at the Pioneer Museum before we um, got exhibits over there. Okay. Just this past, win- last winter, we got all the exhibits up that you see now over okay. there. Before it was just, um, the, bare, the floor was pretty much empty, and we had a few exhibits, but not um, well, it's what really you see nice now. now. It's really yes. nice. And we, we, there's a prisoner that we know of that came back to Wyoming, uh, married a Cheyenne girl and raised his family in Cheyenne, and that's Cesar Oriano. And we have an exhibit over there on Cesar. Um, his, one of his daughters uh, pretty much gave us all the photos she had of wow. him. And um, he came, yeah, met his wife at Fort Warren when he was waiting. His brother also was a prisoner here. Um, but he came over, or she went back and sponsored him, and uh, they he came over and they got married and raised their three daughters in Cheyenne. The Crown Bar in Cheyenne was one thing he started. It's still there wow. <laughs> on Lincoln Way. Um, but, yeah, that was one story, and he was quite the fella, and he got captured in Tunisia. Um, and then um, we have the guard stories. There's a guard that we feature there. Um, Anthony Armetta, and he was from uh, Maryland, Baltimore, Maryland, and he was a U.S. Army guard here at the camp. Um, before that, he was working on the Alcan Highway up in Alaska. Okay. Um, and he met his wife here, a Douglas girl, married her, and they moved back to Maryland and raised their family. But his son comes out once a year and brings us something. So some of, a lot of those artifacts came from um, Armetta, who was friends with some of these prisoners, and they would give him things. And um, um, actually his wife, Bernice, is still alive, and we Skyped with her in September. <laughs> She's 101 years old. That's really cool and, that you and, still have all these connections. Yes, and so the more that people know about Camp Douglas the more we get these stories and people are interested and they want to bring us their things. So that is too cool. And yeah. And I mean, Michael Armetta still brings things from his dad when he's going through their house and, you know, right. Getting ready for to sell it. And, and it's like, Hey, do you have this? You want this? You know? So we have, yeah, like his, um, his army, uh, uniform is over there. Um, we don't have, uh, any of the prisoner were really right. stuff. I mean, but why they, would yeah. they want to save the you know their right. garb? But we have plenty of photographs of uh, the the camp. You um, got a nice at, little display of women's uniforms and, yes. and that, and um, another one of, of the men's uniforms. Yes, we kind of made some of it into not just the prisoner of war camp officers club. Uh, we brought over some artifacts from the Wyoming Pioneer Memorial Museum t- that we had of um, local women that were in the WAC. Um, so, more of a military museum, right? Um, so, yeah, it's it's been great. We have letters and um, things that people keep uh, calling and saying, "Hey, I have these letters. I just got some 
this summer from a gal in Chicago wow. whose parents, her father was the uh, doctor out at the hospital at the camp, and her mother was a nurse, not necessarily at the camp. She wasn't paid to be the nurse out there, but she would help him in certain uh, aspects out there. And she had all the letters that her mother and father would write home to their family members from Camp Douglas and described their time here in Douglas huh. at the camp. A lot of history. And so they just sent me all those this uh, uh, last summer. So those will be scanned and we'll put those in flip books. We have a lot of flip books over there of stuff that we don't want the originals over there, but... Um, a lot of Italians, different Italians than the three that did the murals, did other drawings um, that you saw probably in some of the cases, the smaller versions. There were some German artists uh -huh. um, that also did it. There was one nurse over there. Her name was Bernice. Um, she had, her, her nieces donated all of her scrapbooks of her time over at Camp Douglas. She had love letters from Italian. Germans, <laughs> and even an American officer who was Everybody stationed loves somewhere a nurse. else. So Bernice was pretty hot to try, but we have all those in a flip book, and they would paint drawings of her, and she saved them all. Of course, she married none of the three guys that were after her at the camp, but a different fella. So we have the, these personal stories to go with, you know. Now, do you have the heartache uh, of war? But this is more of a personal story. Stories we wanted to bring home to Camp Douglas that some good did come out of it. <laughs> it's not all bad. Do you have a website that people can go to for Camp Douglas? Where maybe um, are you posting some of these letters or some of these things? Facebook, there are you guys working on our Facebook page? We we tend to post more of the pictures and some of the stories on our Facebook page more than our website. Um, Wyoming State Parks is our website, and you can scroll down to any of our sites. They're all on there. But we also have Facebook pages for all three of our sites. And what, um, and what are they and called? And that would be... Um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably Wyoming Pioneer Museum, and then uh, I'd have to double-check Camp Douglas, okay. I believe is that one, and then Fort Fetterman, okay. F.T. Fetterman. Okay. Um, and I then believe. they're all yeah. on Facebook. But you could, yep, okay. that you will see our orange shield with all of our, our, our logo shield on all of our sites. Um, okay. But yes, we manage all of our social media through here. And I have one Instagram page. I don't have three Instagram pages. So I do also, um, but it's for the museums. I post stuff all three sites on that Instagram page as well, okay. which I think is at Wyoming Pioneer Music. <laughs> and one more thing I just want to bring up real quick because I don't know, I mean, I guess people that are interested in World War II know that there was quite a African campaign, but I don't know that that's real common knowledge, and you just made kind of brief statement that these prisoners of war came from the African front. Yes. But Hitler was very strong in trying to take over a lot of Africa, northern Africa, yes. if I, and uh, I don't know my history well World enough World War II was so huge. There are so many theaters, but the Africa theater is probably the lesser known area. Um, they were captured by Americans, I believe. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure of the exact circumstances because we were under the impression that all of them came from that area. However, when the Italian professor talked to um, 
Mr. Tarquinio's uh, brother, he said that they were actually captured in southern Italy. His brother was. Okay. So we we're not so I'm not a hundred percent sure on if all of them were, but from our vast knowledge of information that's come in over the last five years, that's what we the majority of them were from that area. But, okay. uh, but I just wanted to bring that up as, yes. as far as, as a little bit more and of I the history of like World War II. And I believe it was like Mussolini was surrendering at that point or basically, you know, giving in uh, or, you know, pleading for America's help. And then, of course, all the Italians were like, oh, yeah, we'll go. We'll go. <laughs> so, I mean, okay. you can't imagine some of the photographs we have of like, uh, Caesar Oriano and his brother that were captured over there. We have photographs of them over there. Um, the daughters had, that's what he had labeled all the photographs as. You know, they're in their African uh, attire, which was like light linens, shorts, and, you know, <laughs> it's so hot over there. Right. So, um, yeah. Okay. But that, that was the first we'd ever heard that another... There was another area um, that they were captured in okay. from the ones that came here. Of course, there was camps all over America. Um, the prisoner war camps for the Germans and Italians were supposed to be, they were more in the midsection of America because they didn't want them near the ocean or, you know, anywhere that they thought that the Germans could uh, bomb or capture, you know, come come to America and get them, or that they could escape or something. So okay. they were built in places like Douglas. Like that, Douglas, you know, at the time, it was like, oh, there was more prisoners. You know, there could be um, the Italians came first. I don't know if I mentioned that, um, and then the Germans came after the Italians left. So they weren't there all together. They were came in waves. Um, I think the first wave was only a couple hundred Italians. Got off at the train station, which is just up the street here from the old uh, depot, and they marched down to the camp. So they had to march across the river or the bridge, and you know, a couple mile march down to the camp. Okay. So um, it was a few hundred at a time, not like three thousand at a time, because that. So they okay. slowly would, you know, I think there was three thousand at one time, but not. Um, not all, all at, once. at once, and then you know there was waves of them going, getting released too. Once the war was over, okay, and then the Germans came, and then so. Well, cool. Yeah. So now we are at the Pioneer Heritage Museum, right? Did Memorial I get that Memorial Museum. Memorial Museum. The Wyoming Pioneer okay. Memorial Museum, which this museum started um, in the 1920s by the Wyoming Pioneer Association, the cabin out front here. Um, the Wyoming Pioneer Association started actually in the late 1800s when they would gather and a bunch of old men would gather and talk, you know, about their family heritage and bring uh, like a show and tell. Oh, this is my family's thing. Well, then in the 19 and they would come during fair, which Wyoming State Fair um, started in, I think the first one was in 1905. Okay. So these old timers would start coming in 1905. To the fair, uh, Wyoming Pioneer Museum is on the Wyoming State Fairgrounds. Uh, we are not associated with the state fairgrounds. We're parks that are ag, but we get the pleasure of being on this 
great fairgrounds. Um, but anyway, they, the pioneers would meet um, during the fair, and they started having annual gatherings of pioneers all over Wyoming. They built that cabin in uh, 1927 as their meeting area. Okay. Um, and then they started just leaving their art of, you know, their family heirlooms there to show and tell as part of their uh, annual meeting. And then when they outgrew that, they ended up asking, they built this building in 1956. Then they couldn't um, maintain it. So that's when the, it wasn't called Wyoming State Parks, then it was like Wyoming Tourism and Commerce or something like that. Okay. Um, they took it over, but that's how it became a Wyoming State um, Historic Site. Okay. Um, and we've, since 1956, uh, the state has owned this building. Uh, the Wyoming Pioneer Association is still, gathers every year for... Um, <laughs> Do they still leave stuff behind? Uh, no, okay, <laughs> not as much, not as much as they used to. Um, I think the, uh, but they they still meet every year at a fair, and they have their annual meeting, except for this past twenty twenty right. weird twenty twenty, because a lot of the pioneers that come are in their nineties and eighties and nineties. Um, so, any younger pioneers out there, they need your membership. <laughs> <laughs> to keep them going. But anyway, so that we're very thankful for the Wyoming Pioneer Association for getting this museum started. And as you'll see, I don't know if you want to walk around. Or... Oh, I definitely okay. want to walk around, and I want to see all the things that were left left behind by the pioneers. Oh, my gosh. You've got a lot of stuff. To, we, we could go days in here. But this this gallery, the first gallery you walk into is the Pioneer Gallery. Um, so, yes, a lot of this stuff that you see in this gallery was um, by pioneers, left by the Pioneer Association, or donated to, um, everything in here was a loan or a donation, um, which we no longer take loans because of <laughs> okay. long-term loans in the museum are all, never a good thing. And the first um, thing we see when we walk into this is, well, there's, there's we glass have a, cases all the way down both yes. sides. And then you've got outer glass cases. Yes. And the first displays that we come to are the firearms. Our firearm collection, um, which this isn't all of them, but it's a, a nice uh, um, portion of our collection. Um, I am not a firearm enthusiast, or I am not well versed, versed in every firearm in here, so... Um, but. When well, I'm, seeing, when, I'm seeing when a very hunters, nice selection yes, of, of... When hunters come in here and gun enthusiasts are like, oh my gosh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> so, you've got a lot um, of the percussions, yeah. you've got some Henry's, yes. you've got We've some got a lot of win, Winchester Sharps, Sharps um, are yeah. our main, our two main, the biggest collection we have in here. And um, I don't know if I'll be able to do it this winter, but I've been talking about it for several <laughs> Uh, seasons now is I want to make uh, one uh, Winchester and one a sh uh, uh, Sharps or the the ones we have the most of, um, just because there is a big Winchester fan club and oh, or yeah. and or a Sharps, which those are our two um, we have the most of, and then the other ones you know we'll see. Um, okay. But uh, yeah. And then this, the center coming down the center, you've got several bronzes. We have a lot of bronzes. Um, Two um, superintendents go. She was big in art, um, and she had a art show here for twenty some years. Um, 
and so the most the art and the bronzes were collected in those years. I believe it was the 90s where that mainly happened. The first bronze is, you may notice, it's called Eyeball to Eyeball, and it was actually a sculpture that um, Chris Ledoux from KC Wyoming did. A lot of people don't know that he was also an artist. Well, he was you know, more famous for his rodeoing and his um, singing, of course, um, but he was a talented sculptor. As I did well. not realize that either. Yes, yeah, so well, this we were, is we my favorite just... one. I don't know why, but so that's because why it's, it's right here. Do. <laughs> yeah. We were just in KC. I hate and... to be biased, but yes, I am yeah. uh, partial to this one. Uh, my family being from Buffalo in the KC area. So, anyway. Cool. Yeah, this one is pretty cool. We did and have it. And I did it. not realize that he was an artist. Yes, along he was. Very talented guy. Yeah, look at that. It's pretty It's pretty impressive, actually. It is. Um, one, because I am have no artistic abilities. And two, like, he was a true rodeo guy. So I guess he got this down better than anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as an the artist. The thing that's I mean, interesting about it. Is that he's riding a bull? Yeah, and, and not he was a bronc. A bronc. Yeah, and he was a bronc yeah. rider. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He must have so. spent a lot of time watching the bull riders while he was waiting to. Well, get they must on the have bronc. been up after yeah. he was done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that is one of our our favorite uh, pieces. Most of the artwork you see in here was from uh, Wyoming artists. Okay. So. And then we come to the next glass display, um, and it looks like the ones coming well, down the yeah, wall are we kind now have, of... Uh, well, we now have a uh, social distance routing that we go, which seems oh. to... People seem to like it because they see everything. Okay. Um, we cannot forget the jackalope. The jackalope. Our jackalope display. Now, um, if anybody does not know what a jackalope is, they're, they're pretty specific to Wyoming. They are usually a jackrabbit that has horns, like deer horns on them. Uh, mm -hmm. They've been known to puncture car tires when they've been hit. <laughs> yeah. uh, and if you can get a, a three-point or a four-point, you've got a really nice jackalope. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the jackalope is, is a Wyoming favorite, and we all love to see him. Well, he was invented in Douglas. Invented? Oh, yeah. Invented? I mean, I mean the first taxidermy of a jackalope was in Douglas by a fellow named Doug Herrick and his brother Ralph taxidermists here in Douglas. Um, we are known as the home of the jackalope, thanks to our governor proclaiming it in, oh, geez, it was, I believe, in the 60s. Um, so we are the home of the jackalope, and we are where now, the I've first one a, was ever discovered, should we say? <laughs> I've, got, I've got a jackalope <laughs> license from Fort Fetterman from probably 10 years ago when I visited there. Yes. And, and they, we they still were give selling them licenses. Out. Yeah. I did not find one in order to, to bag one and take one home. Yes, were you here on June 31st? That's the day. That's only, the only day you can yeah, hunt. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I, I think I missed the season by a little bit. But. <laughs> yeah, by a day. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, the jackalope, our, our furry friend here, um, the, the Herricks had a good sense of humor. Um, the family still lives here. Okay. And these are their... Uh, uh, mounts. They're Jack um, or Doug and Ralph Herrick's mounts. Not the original. No, nope. I don't think anyone knows where the very first one went. It went to the Labonte Hotel at one point. After that, we don't know. But okay. anyway, the Herricks are the the people that. 
created it and had the sense of humor. And apparently when they did it, they were like, it's a jack -a deer And one of their wives was like, no, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> it, how, what about jackalope? And uh, apparently that's how the, na the name got started. Cool. Since they're deer horns and not antelope horns. Uh, right, exactly. <laughs> so um, four years ago when I got here, it was kind of like how you see some of these um, more of a curio cabinets. What we decided to do was we were going to do Wyoming history on these side uh, cases throughout the Pioneer um, Gallery. So we start with the um, cattle industry and the cattle war, which um, was a big part of Wyoming's early history. And so we spent a lot of time doing that, which a lot of Douglas people were involved in the Johnson County Cattle War, believe it or not. Um, uh, the uh, On the invader side or on the... Um, Either one. <laughs> more No, they were more t uh, on the um, homesteader side. Um, what happened was uh, Frank Wolcott um, and his Texans were coming through Douglas on the train, but uh, Sen Senator Carey um, had the Carey Hearst Ranch and the CY Ranch. Carey Hearst Ranch is in Doug Converse County. Uh, CY is in, of course, Natron was in Natrona County. Um, and uh, apparently the instructions were given to cut the wires at Carrie Hurst. So nobody could tell, yeah, re, uh, yeah, tell Grandma Hare, you know, that there's trouble coming. So there was some people involved in that. Also, there was some people, we uh, um, have allegedly one of Nate Champion's rifles that was confiscated after the, uh, the invaders came or were rescued by the <laughs> army. Um, supposedly he grabbed it out of one of the wagons. Um, his name was Lee Moore, and he had a bounty on him from the invaders. And okay. he was from uh, Converse County and eventually owned the Ogallala Ranch, which W.C. Irvine owned at the time. So that's uh, kind of the Douglas connection. Um, a, lot, a lot of other guys were... Um, gathering actually in town to go help the inv the homesteaders up in Johnson County because they were just, they were ready to, for war. We've covered also. a little bit of the Johnson County War at the Jim Gatchel yes, Museum of course. That's and also the, at the KC yes, Museum. Yes, then that's the home of where everything <laughs> went down. So uh, we just wanted to give uh, people that came down here, because we are the Wyoming Pioneer Museum, so we have to give kind of a broader... Um, look at all of history here. And you've got a lot of stuff here on the on the. Yeah, Johnson when County I got War. here, there was like one, uh, you know, really? two by two description of the Johnson County War. So it is one of our most infamous. <laughs> People know this more, I think, in Wyoming history than um, a lot of things. Right. Uh, out of staters, I should say. Right. Um, but we do get a lot of people that read all of this and are like amazed that this happened at all in America. Well, it, but but this is <laughs> at just... this time of at this time in American history, like the, no, this went on clear into the 1900s with the and then we cover the Spring Creek raid, okay, uh, the that sheep was murders, over by ten sleep, ten sleep yes, and and that was probably one of the last that was probably... cattlemen sheepmen yes. conflict. Yes, and where someone was killed over it. Uh, we like to say it here. Uh, they probably still fight a little, but they do it with lawyers instead of 
Right. Firearms. There wasn't someone killed. There was what, like five or six people um, there killed. There was a couple sheep herders. Um, um, Alamend was killed. He was one of the, the main guys on the sheep. And I think one of his, um, might have been two or three of the guys, but some of his guys, two of his guys left town because they were at least one guy here, um, Peter Pete Cafferell, he went back to France. He was like, I'm done, I'm out. Um, and you would if you escaped a burning sheep wagon in the middle yeah. of the night. So yeah, this was one of the last um, incidents where there was uh, a killing. Of course, the guys really didn't get much time at all. They ended up in, in the basin, yeah. uh, Bighorn County Jail, um, which, and, and this, this Herb, all took Herb place. Brink, Herb Brink was the one that got the most time, but he was, he was kind of a, he was a shady character, that guy. But this all took place in the Bighorn Basin yes. part of Wyoming, yes. which is on the east side, or west side of the Bighorn Mountains. Yes, right. yes. Um, beautiful part of the country. Yeah, that Ten Sleep country. Ten Sleep is, is so gorgeous. Country. So when you drive through a little Ten Sleep, imagine... <laughs> This happening out. Um, I it's about it's, five miles out. Yeah. Of Ten Sleep. Um, yeah. I, I've been. Would they it be do like have a marker the at the site. Yeah. Part part of it. Um, yeah. I think some of them, but yeah. So that happened, um, and so it was important to cover that as far as the the wars go. Um, of course, we have a Basque exhibit with sheep with cattle. You have to have the sheep guys too, which we have a lot of Basque population in Buff or in Wyoming, uh, Buffalo being. One of the main ones, Rock Springs, we do have several Basque families here in Douglas as well. So and they, were, the they were big into the sheep end of things. Yes, and they still are. And, and, and they, the, Basque, most, the Basque were never into cattle. Um, and most of the Basque are still um, into the sheep. And, of course, sheep wagons are a big thing in Wyoming. And, and when we talk about Basque, there are a group of people that live kind of on the border of France and Spain. Yes, in the Himalayan kind of, region own, of France and they're Spain. They're their own. And they speak their own language. Um, I mean, it's unlike any language. I think you the could genetics ever hear. are a little bit different, yes, too. Yes, they are as closely related to um, the Cro Magnet that anybody in. Yeah, they have a very rare um, blood type. Also, and I go into that in here. I had um, a really good I friend have, that was Basque, a wonderful guy. Yes, uh, my dad's cousins are Basque, um, so they're here, and so they're Basque, and so part of the. I grew up with Basque cousins, second cousins, and whatnot, so uh, yeah. I'd say that and was they really still are, cool. They're I, still I, sheep I, ranchers and still um, going in Buffalo. Um, uh, there's a bass festival every five to six years in Wyoming, and it's usually hosted in Buffalo. And coming down your center yes. cases, you've got several military yes, displays. Yes, we've got a World War One, World War Two, which most of our World War Two stuff went over to Camp Douglas. Um, oh, and pretty much everything in here is a from a Wyoming person, okay. a Wyoming person that served in World War One. World War II. We've got everything, as you can see here. Um, we've got the cattle industry with the brands. We've got so many brands. I could switch one out every day of the month. Wow. Um, I'd like to do a better informed cattle brand exhibit. So 
We're, this is all still a work in progress. Um, when I got here, uh, things had not been um, changed in 30 years, okay. is what I was told. And so we are, that's not good for artifacts at all. <laughs> so no. um, we have, stu uh, our storage facilities are bursting at the seams as well. So we have been going through that the last five years. And we are, as you see, in the process of new exhibits. Um, some of, most of this was done last year. Um, so things are changing here at the Pioneer Museum. So we want people to come and see new old things. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at a Civil War yes. uh, display case that uh, I'm standing here with my mouth about half a gig. Yeah, there we have. This is just really neat. You've got swords, you've got medals, you've got some books. And, and I'm really wanting to see this Book of Rebellion, the History of the Civil <laughs> War, published in 1888. It's got to have a little bit different perspective than what we've been told. And it'd be really interesting to see what that perspective is. Yes, yeah. um, we've wow. um, changed some things out in some of these middle cases, thinned some stuff out because, as you see, it's very overwhelming to some people to come in here. You could spend days here. Easily. Um, I've been here almost five years, and some days I'm walking through here, and I'll have to stop and go, what is that? Oh, my I, I see something new every almost every week that I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have to look into that. Um, so as a curator, it's been a... It's been a joy and kind of a <laughs> what should we do next kind of a thing. So there's never a dull moment here. And as you can see, if I go on to Wyoming history, I could I could change this out every other year. And yeah, you've got because we have of plenty bits. and plenty and plenty of stories in Wyoming that aren't covered in Wyoming history in Douglas. Um, but we hope to do that in the near future. In these We've displays, got, you've got bits and spurs, you've got gloves, and woolly gloves. Yep. Uh, I mean, just all just kinds all of things. Just all the um, gear a cowboy would use. Uh, an authentic. Chaps. Cowboy, yes, we've got um, ropes made by um, prisoners down at the Territorial Prison. Okay. Um, which is another state historical. Hair? Yep, they are okay. horsehair. Yep. Um, and these are all horsehair. And they're beautiful Bridles. colors, and yes, yeah. and so oh, and look at the colors. Are those those are beads? Some um, of them are beads. Um, like up here. Yeah, there's a little. I don't know if those are. But a lot of yeah. it is dyed hair. Dyed hair. Wow. And these came from this one, like done while they were down in the territorial prison, in which 18, Wyoming, 1899. Yeah, it Wyoming says. territorial prison is also a state historic site, so. And we're it hoping is, to hit that. Oh, at some it's point it's in a time. cool it's a cool play. It's a it's that's the thing with state historic sites is we're all so different and that is a definitely a different one. Like oh yeah. Okay. They have some ghost tours that I'd love to go on one of these days. We did we we actually were going through Deer Lodge, Montana, and did the territorial prison there. And they have ghost tours that you can go on. They yeah. lock you in at 8 o'clock at night, and you get back out at 4 o'clock in oh, the morning. Oh, yeah, Territorial and Prison. And they say that they're pretty wild. Yeah, Territorial Prison did uh, some this year. I, I don't know if they, what all they did, but, oh, it, I want to do that one of these days. And I have been through Rollins a thousand times, and I've stopped at the prison probably 30 times, and they are never open when I'm there. <laughs> yeah, I don't it's know about that one. It's the most frustrating thing. It's, I'm either there too late too early, or they're closed at lunch, or I, I don't really know why yeah. I have not been able to hit it, but well, my timing has always been, well, last year, 
we were stuck in Rollins all day long because the interstate was closed. Oh, yeah. And I went good. there, and of course, they were closed. Yeah, on you got to get day. stuck in Laramie and go to the territorial <laughs> prison. <laughs> so, yeah, we have train, train uh, history, which the Railroad Museum here in Douglas, um, most of their pictures came from our collection over at the Railroad Museum. So, we didn't okay. go too much into the railroads here because they do a fine job over there. And they have the cars to show. You. Right. The cars are very, that you can go through, I think. Now, most, you were talking about the, the Territorial Museum in Laramie? Yeah, the Wyoming Territorial Prison. Okay, I was thinking of the prison no, in Rollins. No, that's the Frontier Prison. Okay, now, I, I haven't been through so Laramie nearly as much. Territorial so. Prison was the original prison in okay. Wyoming. So it was a prison during the territory, Wyoming Territory days. So people like Butch Cassidy were there. Okay. And some and other see, I was shady. That, I was thinking that Rollins was, was no, that no, no, no. That, that came I'm learning some that Wyoming came history here. The, yeah, that one came after the uh, territorial prison closed. Okay. Well, and so, so I stand corrected yes. with all of my statements that I was making. Yeah, that's why I said get stuck in Laramie, not get Rollins. Get stuck in Laramie. <laughs> Well, you can well, that, that Rollins facility cool looks one. like it would be really cool, It is. Too, I've been but... through there before, too, and they do a fine job as well. So we just have a lot of stuff that was donated by original pioneers of Douglas. Um, so clocks. Clocks. And, and, uh, family just, albums. Yeah, we do family albums. Photo albums yeah. and stuff. So some of this wow. stuff will be going into our library so people can uh, call and go through, you know, for an appointment right. to go through it, rather than it just sitting here and nobody can look at it. A nice um, display of the old cameras. Yes, we have a nice, uh, we used to have the um, Platte River photo show here, and so I would do a bigger camera display during that. It outgrew our facility, so now it's, and you'll see it in our next gallery, um, it's held at a different facility. And then we just have the winners of the Platte River Photo Contest okay. loan, on loan all of their photographs for a year. And you'll see it in the next gallery. But yes, we have so many saddles, we don't even have enough storage space for them. So in between all the glass cases, you see saddles of various individuals from Wyoming. Um, old typewriters. Old typewriters. Old uh, musical a, instruments. Like I don't say, think I mentioned the, the yes. musical instrument case on the other side, and then you've got some in this case also. Yeah, we've got um, the music instruments are, I had a gal from Denver, her great-great-grandmother's violin is in here, so wow. she wanted a picture. So, you know, we still get calls all the time that people are finding that they have stuff from relatives that are in our museum. So we have a veterinarian exhibit here. Um, one of the pioneers family was the family of veterinarians. A blood transfusion <laughs> set for direct transfusion of blood from one animal to another by use of a <laughs> syringe as a pump. Now that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Wow. Yeah, some yeah. of this veterinary stuff is really cool. I used to want really to be a cool. veterinarian when I was a kid. I don't know about that. <laughs> Times may Although have changed my, yeah. a little bit. Oh, now what is this? This is interesting. It looks like a, it's, it's a pharmacy, and there's a little burner that has a wire that comes on up and holds a spoon over the, like a teaspoon yeah. over the top of the burner. I think um, my mom so would have liked that for putting hot oil in my ears when I yeah. said I had an earache. Yeah, so uh, wow. I think it's. 
the druggists uh, use different ways to measure. Um, yeah, we have everything from there is some eyeglass really neat stuff, stuff yeah, to pharmaceutical, uh, early pharmacy um, mortars, and just old bottles of medicine, which, you know, different medicines back then were, they had all kinds of elixirs right. back then. Well, in the stuff pharmacist... that we would never, you know, cocaine-based things and, you know, other things we would never use today. arsenic you know. Right. Uh, to Mer mercury. Mercury, yeah. yeah. So um, we have some of these old boxes of the, uh, and old uh, bottles from yeah, that's uh, pharmaceutical really nice days. Again, Jim Gatchel in Buffalo has, of course, he was a pharmacist, so they have tons of that stuff. But, yeah, we had every little... Uh, town had their own pharmacists. So. Right. And the pharmacists mixed the drugs at that point yes. in time. They, yes. they didn't just pick them up from... Right. And they, like, if you needed a poison to uh, kill rodents in your yard, you, you could go to the pharmacy and get them a, you know... Oh, he did that Poison too. control. Yeah. That, they were your poison wow. <laughs> people. So, yes, uh, we have a heck reel. Uh, another one of the last Indian wars here in uh, Converse County. Uh, we have a little display on that and it's called the lightning creek battle 1903 you've got old knives in here you've got bones and you've got shells tons of shells Shot, from various areas shells. yes yeah. um we have some, some old from, glasses yeah found along the oregon trail wow yeah we've got um, this is just really yeah so these exhibits that are, you see here that are coming soon i fort We've got our Fort Fetterman. Uh, since people confuse us with Fort Fulcarney and the right. Fetter, that'll go here, Fort Fetterman, or the Fetterman battle will go here. Um, we're getting some Pony Express and Oregon Mormon and California Trails exhibits coming in, and then Wyoming Firsts, Wyoming Women Firsts coming in this area. So we'll be changing out some of this stuff. We've got or moving it to another place in the museum. Okay, and you got a surveyor's. Surveyor's uh, chains. Cabinet, the elect, uh, this looks like some electrical. Uh, well, um, yep, some insulators. Insulators. And oh, we've got tons of insulators. All kinds of stuff here. An army helmet found on the Oregon Trail. Now what era would have that been? Because, I mean, the Oregon Trail was 1840. Yeah, That's pre-Civil War, but... Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. Somebody might have lost that out of their pickup truck. Yeah. It looks like a World War One type It does helmet. look like one, partial, partial. Um, we've got a lot of stuff that was found out at Fort Fetterman. Um, uh, and out of Fort Fetterman, we have a whole case full of stuff that we still... That visitors, even though you're not supposed to touch, pick up anything and take right. it off of our site... They do, and they'll bring it to our employees out there and say, look what I found. So we do have a case um, with, of fragments and found items out on the out at the fort still, but we have some here in town as well. Okay. Um, Sir Barton, he was the first Triple Crown winner in the country, and he is buried here in Douglas, Wyoming. Now, he was a jockey? No, he's the horse. Oh, he's the horse. <laughs> Okay, sorry, sir. I didn't mean to insult sir you. Sir Barton, how dare you? <laughs> so well, last it's year was like Sir Barton racing silks, and it looks like a coat to me. Well, yeah. 
<laughs> no. Okay. Uh, so this this horse um, last year was the first uh, was the hundredth year anniversary of his Triple Crown wins, um, and he was buried here in uh, Douglas. He was brought here by Dr. Hilton, and um, after he retired from racing, Sir Barton. He went to a farm in Virginia for studying, and then he was sent to um, oh, the, like the scouting forts as you know as a scout horse. Okay. And so uh, Dr. Hilton had seen him and purchased him, and he, basically Sir Barton retired here in Douglas. Okay. The one thing I do not have is a picture of Sir Barton in Douglas on the ranch. Okay. Um, so, I well, did. Well, I'm going to really tell, yeah, tell, so. tell on myself the only real horse I know in Wyoming is Steamboat. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, he came way before, he probably came before Sir Barton, but Sir Barton, um, yeah, he won uh, in 1919, all three. He actually won four in a row, but wow. he won the big three. It wasn't considered the Triple Crown at the time, they, but they did go back and. Um, uh, recognize him as the first we get a, I got a Kentucky gal came in and she was a librarian in Lexington and she could not believe we had this here she was floored she didn't know Sir Barton lived or was buried here she drives down Sir Barton way every day of her life and so oh wow yeah I mean the connection to Kentucky we get it here that's um, cool I had to call uh, the Churchill Downs uh, Museum to get some of these photos and they were very gracious um, and let us use them and uh, they were so curious that they asked me if I'd go take a picture of his his gravesite, and so I did. We have his first headstone here, right. as you see, which you can barely see. You can barely see it. But um, he was dug up and then transferred to Washington Park, where there is a huge statue on, on right top of where Douglas. he is buried. Yes, so wow. Sir Barton is up at Washington Park. Okay, now what's going on with this display case? Oh, um, we, we've got stuff in here from yeah, the Spanish-American yeah. War and from the Philippine insurrection. Yep, it's just uh, another uh, cabinet full of items donated from people. So it didn't in, really have a Wyoming, Wyoming connection. Um, well, other than people from Wyoming, had right? Okay, right, okay. right. We have a lot of that, or um, uh, a lot of it is, you know. Alleged stuff okay. that we're still, you know, working out. Like, okay, because we do have Tom Horn's, allegedly Tom Horn's saddle down at the very end. Another okay. character in Wyoming history. Um, they advertised it as Tom Horn's saddle for decades. And I've looked at the records and nobody has actual authenticity on that saddle. It could be, but we've done some research and we're not sure. Not sure. So that, that's why we say allegedly. So then here's our beautiful cardboard cut out of Sir Barton. Okay. <laughs> we had the Douglas had a big party for the, his 100th anniversary of winning well, the cool. Triple Crown. Uh, there was a movie made also and that premiered here. Um, it wasn't I should have seen the movie all, before I came. It wasn't all about Sir Barton, <laughs> but it was about the the people, the the history of the the guy who um, owned him at the time. Okay. A, a racing family. And now we're entering another gallery. This is the Fink Gallery. Um, as you see, it's uh, a little fancier. Uh, we've got any, this is kind of women's wedding dresses at the moment. 
Um, it just had women's fashion um, before and we took it down and we decided to do, we had all these beautiful wedding dresses in storage, so we decided last year to do it as a, um, a wedding dress <laughs> themed area um, and cocktail Attire. I was going to say you've got lots of dishes and, and we have yes lots of china. We have china some kid toys. We have dolls. We a have very nice doll um, collection there. Women's in the back. accessories like combs and purses and fans. We have a fan collection that a gal, a pioneer here, collected fan hand fans. Um, here you see on the walls some of our artwork um, from the what used to be the was acquired in the art shows that our predecessor used to have here at the museum. And then all the photographs are from the North Platte River um, photo show that is annual here in Douglas. And so these are all the winners that had agreed to uh, loan them to us for the year. Cool. So coming up, I believe January, February, last year we had it, they had it in February. There'll be the next round of Okay. North Platte River and how people. often do you change out your displays? Like in, the, um, I'm assuming this is going to continue to be. A, um, a yeah, this um, female like I said, oriented room because well, that's what it was before. That's or? the it was what it was before. Uh, none of the stuff that was in here before had been taken off display for 30 years. Um, we had fluorescent lights for that long, so a lot of those dresses are unfortunately damaged to unrepair. Oh. Uh, that we took off display. We now have LED lights and you see motion sensor, so it cuts down on the time that these artifacts are in the light. Um, so we would like to change them out every one to two years. Um, women's clothing is what um, was collected the most. We don't have a lot of men's clothing that is displayable. Okay. So um, we have tons and tons of women's um, items, so. We'll probably change it out. My next one, I think I want to do a, a fashion in furs because we have a lot of furs. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, yes, so we have tons of furs, which, you know, it's a PETA. It's not PC, but back then, that's the only way they could stay warm in this kind of climate, you know? And so we have a ton of stuff. And so that'll probably be my next um, display in here is the fashion, fur fashion, which we have. I don't care, we have I don't care what Peter says. <laughs> oh, I don't Furs either. <laughs> I don't either, but you know. I, I, you know, it's just one of those things. That, and we that... went through a freezing process last year. We went through all of our furs and froze them so we could see if there was bugs. Um, and it does, it does help the artifacts um, kill the bugs. And then it, uh, it helps in a way your unexpected conditions them a little bit. The, um, so. Really? They're ready to go and be on display. I just have to figure out um, my course of action on that. Yeah, and it's these a, it's have, amazing the wedding what they dresses, did for yeah, fear, with first. Oh my gosh, hundreds of years, yeah, like, thousands uh, yeah. of years. Yeah, I'm going to do a Portuguese Phillips, John Phillips uh, exhibit <clears throat> too. We have his uh, allegedly have his uh, fur mittens that he wore. Really? Um, so we will do that. So um, we had a discussion <laughs> about Portuguese Phillips <laughs> yeah. in, at the at the Jim Gatchell Museum because I always thought that that man had to have been like the toughest guy ever born. Well, and then she kind of discounted some of that for me. He's probably but, tough enough, but um, he didn't do it by himself. <laughs> well, that, that's, and that's the illusion I always lived under. Is yeah. That, that, and, and, and what we're talking about here, just for people that haven't heard the Jim Gatchell, uh, after the Fetterman Massacre that happened at Fort Phil Kearney, mm -hmm. he took off and made a trek to Cheyenne or to went, Fort Laramie. To Fort Laramie, okay. Which was about 236 miles from 
I believe, or was it 136? No, it was 236. But it was quite a trek on horseback in the middle of winter, like with, December. With Indians hot on his trail. December 26. So he left in the dark. Right. Um, and cold. It, and it the had cold. To have been and about the coldest part. He walked of the year. his horse for a good portion of the trip because he was afraid if he got on horseback, he would be seen by the Indians. So he did leave with somebody from Fort Phil Kearney. And he, from what we know, he rode to Fort Reno with somebody. So he didn't go the entire way by himself. But any, still, either way, and, and the, I wouldn't want to be riding frame. my horse in December 22nd through December 25th or whatever it was to, uh, you know, in a blizzard like you saw on right. that cover of, of, oh, yeah. of the Dry Bone book. Yeah, that's what I'm just imagining, just, you know, a wide-out situation <laughs> as, we, as we find in Wyoming during that time of year. He did it in a remarkable amount of time. Yes. It was like three days or yes. four days. Yeah, it, it wasn't was just... 24 hours like they said. There's no way that he could have done that. That would have been remarkable. But it was like three to four days. He made it to Fort Laramie. I believe it was Christmas Eve, and they were having a big gala um, party for Christmas Eve. And he showed up. The horse collapsed and died, and he was in the infirmary for quite a few days. But he made it. Yeah. And was um, able to report on the, yes, on the, and, on the and, incidents at and Fort he, Veteran. Yes, he boasted and he liked his uh, status of being the hero. Yeah. And he, he played on that the rest of his life. But I would probably too if I was him. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, he no had matter a lot. <laughs> how you cut it, the guy did it. it to me, he had a amazing. lot to brag about. Or, I don't know. I couldn't have done it. But yeah, we just have a lot of wedding dresses starting in 1897, clear to the 1950s. Um, Very nicely er displayed inside into of glass <laughs> cases and, and on full-size mannequins. Yes. Uh, no heads. We don't have any. No heads. No pretty when we, faces when, to look at. All the but, old mannequins, we were taking off uh, stuff on uh, chicken wire. And, oh, my gosh, as a curator, you're just, like, mortified that that was. They were on those things for 30 years. <laughs> um, but, yes, these are all uh, now museum sound mannequins. And um, all these ladies were from the Wyoming, uh, mainly Douglas, Glenrock area. And okay. so I had a 93-year-old lady come and see all her friends, these people's wedding dresses, these ladies' wedding dresses, and she's like, well, I have mine. And so that's how I got another one. <laughs> <laughs> and she, I mean, and this lady here had dementia, and she, her family brought her in, and she noticed her pic, she recognized her picture, and she says, I was pretty, wasn't I? And I'm just like, Waterworks. Oh my God! This is the reason we do this. Yes. You know, is for people's reactions. Um, uh, we're in it for the education, and of course, you know, the human human effect, yeah. human connection. Yes. So yeah, we do have a men's thing. We have hats. Uh, we have Del Burke. She was a famous uh, madam in Lusk. We have her undergarments. Oh. We have. <laughs> You know, we've got everything. We have a little of everything. If you are interested in anything, and then this is our research library, which we just remodeled um, two winters ago. And um, Very nice room. Yes, we at the moment, we don't have anything in a database in here. We're hoping to get that going. It could take us years and years, but uh, you can call us and tell us what you're interested in. If, we, if you know we have something, and we will get it out and you can 
uh, look at it. And you were stating you're having you're having some internet problems as far as you're in a cinder oh, block building. And yeah, you we're can't trying to get, get internet to all the different. Yeah, so places once I get and, all that in here, then and all this stuff in a database, and we'll try and make it researchable for everybody. But as as of now, we will do the searching for you. Wow! So we just stepped into. This is called our bar area, our bar gallery. So this is, we've got a, a Wurlitzer jukebox. We've got a player piano. When she have... says she's got a Wurlitzer ju <laughs> uh, jukebox, she's talking wood carved, made out of, it looks like uh, oak um, or Yeah, this maple. one is a 41-42 Wurlitzer. Uh, 1941 yeah. or 42. I've yeah. never seen, I, I, I kind of like jukeboxes. I do too. I love them. Ones. I've never seen one like this. Of course, it's going to play the 78 records, uh, you know, the yep. old, old stuff. Said it cost uh, 25 cents, uh, ten, 5 cents, 10 cents, 25 cents to play your, your songs. Your, your songs. Um, we've got a, this player piano. A player piano, roulette table. Yep, we've got some gambling tables here. Um, they came um, from the Guernsey area. Um, We've got, got a, this is the original bar that was at the Levante Hotel. Okay. And it came here to the museum, I believe, in 69. Uh, they built this little area, or obviously around the... Right. Because um, you couldn't have and gotten it. it's a beautiful in. bar. It's, yep. And you've and got some massive cash registers. Yes, Those things are gorgeous. This was built in uh, England and then shipped over here. Um, so this is... It's a beautiful bar. Yeah, it is very nice. And, then, and so a lot of people from Douglas actually have drank at this bar um, when it was at the Levante Hotel through the 60s. You know, it was over there, in there. Now, do you have museum parties where they can still come and have they something used every to, once in a while? but no, we don't. I was going to say, I This think... is an artifact, but they used to have, I guess, ragers here. Uh, before the art show, you lube people up and then they buy art, you know? Okay, okay. <laughs> but I guess they used to have quite the parties. And then now we are walking into the Fran Johnson Memorial Gallery. Um, Fran Johnson was a lady who loved Wyoming. She was born here. Her father owned a sheep ranch in uh, the Lander Riverton area. And then they moved to Denver. She never really was raised here, but she always had a love for Wyoming. So she donated 90% of this collection is hers, and she donated it and gave the money to build this room, basically, wow. for it. Um, however, when they took on this collection in the early 90s, uh, it was with the contingency that we would never take it off display, which is terrible for artifacts to never be able to take them off display. She is deceased, and so are all of her heirs. So we've been in contact with the estate attorney about whether or not we can take them off to rest them. But again, you've got the auto-dimming lights and, yes, and that so type of stuff. Yes, so it's getting a little better. Um, a lot of this, these artifacts are not Wyoming. They're South American native okay. tribes. Um, we have... Uh, the things you see that are archaeological are from Wyoming. Um, the arrowheads, the mammoth leg bone. <laughs> okay. Um, We've got a lot of, of, a lot of old American, north and south, uh, yeah. items in here you know mm -hmm. as yes. far as this, we call this instead points. of Fran Johnson gallery mainly we call this our Native American room because that is 95% of what is in here is a Native American based and or our natural history 
type of stuff, which is right. our archaeological um, artifacts. And just lots of really neat yeah. stuff. Because uh, we have a mammoth, this mammoth uh, bone here, and we have a mammoth dig going on um, just almost across the, the highway from Fort Fetterman. The okay. state archaeologist's office has been doing a mammoth dig out there that they found. And um, so we get, we've have had them come test uh, one of the bones here to see if it was any relation. We have not heard back yet. So, yeah. You've got a lot of beadwork on moccasins. Yes, the Native American beadwork <coughs> is fantastic, um, as always. But the majority of um, this stuff is not. This is, we do have some um, Arapaho and Shoshone, but the majority of it is not. The, like the pottery is not, everything on this side is not um, Wyoming related. You've got some. But you can see the gist of it because it is crow and um, at least regional. Right. Um, but this side is more um, south because you've got the Pueblo and you've got the Hopi, the Hopi, and the other Native American artifacts. It's gorgeous. Okay, now, now but I'm, it is I'm not, gonna, I'm gonna bring it's not Wyoming Pioneer related. I'm going to bring up something that's going to get me in all kinds of trouble okay. here. How is it that we can look at the artwork that is being done by these Native Americans? I mean, the beautiful beadwork, the beautiful painting, the beautiful pottery, the beautiful artwork that is being done, and then go to some place like Legend Rock or a petroglyph and see an elk that looks like a ball with horns coming out of it and say that that is some sort of religious significance. The only thing I can really say is, were there some little kids up there drawing pictures? Because this stuff is just so intricate, so well yeah. designed. And then you have the rock carvings that look like, Maybe you well, can explain this, to, or maybe I just put a, a, a twist in your brain. It's much harder to carve on a, a rock formation <clears throat> than maybe it is to weave a basket. Um, and maybe most of the men, perhaps, were carving on the walls. I don't know. Maybe I, the I women were more I, artistic. Just, I don't know. It's just a, it's um, just something that's bothered me my whole life. <laughs> I go to and, and and don't get me wrong. I love petroglyphs. Yeah, I mean, I'd and you can see, see some. Them. I mean, of course, these are probably more modern right. era paintings then you know they weren't painting paint you know they were doing petroglyphs um but the women were doing basket weaving they were creating their steelite bowls um you know they were doing what they could now this this stuff is more modern of course than the um yeah, but you can, but go, to, the you can go to those places down mm -hmm. in, in uh, yes. New Mexico and yes. you can see the pottery and some of that. Oh, it's yeah. all yeah. so intricately this stuff, designed. This stuff was definitely, that you see the older stuff, right. the crack stuff, was definitely the Pueblo um, do it in their works. Right. Um, and I can't explain. I can't answer your question. I can't either. It's just <laughs> but, something that's always bothered but me. But yeah, because... but they, they're, you know, all of their basket weaving and their, just even their, their creation of steel. everything. Yeah, steelite bowls and whatnot. And um, this area, we just have a lot of, well, we have this teepee, which came from the set of Dances with Wolves. Oh, really? So this is um, a main attraction, even though Dances with Wolves wasn't even set in Wyoming. So, But it hey. gives you the, the, you know, this is a Plains, uh, typical Plains Indian 
teepee. And anyway, is this one made out of hide? It or? is cow. It is cow. You can okay. see inside. Yeah. Um, you could see some of the brands on. <laughs> I don't mean to be, you know. No. But we, yeah, we can't. We just kind of. Um, and then it you've is got a very nice wagon display yes, back uh, here with, we can with come several back here. Uh, oh. uh, doctors' types buggies, is what they yeah, call this them. Is the, a, the little uh, two seaters. Yep, two seaters. We've got a, a fancy four seater over here. Um, you got a sheep wagon. The sheep wagon, of course, Florence Hardware in Douglas was one of the first, if not the first, uh, sheep wagon makers in Wyoming. Oh, really? Yes. So I did um, not realize that. Sheep wagons are just cool. Yes. So um, I'm The not first harm- RVs. Yes. <laughs> yes, we have, we have a essay competition for fourth graders every year, and a lot of them, and they can pick an artifact to write about in the museum, uh, fictional or factual, and... We've had many of RV trips down the road with the family and the sheep wagon stories well, that's of cool. from these fourth grade kids. So, yeah, very nice display of saddles yes. and wagons. Yes, and buggies. Mm-hmm. This wagon, um, I'm not, I'm, I'm not that versed in wagons, but um, except for sheep wagons. But this wagon, uh, this old military wagon, apparently is sought after by wagon enthusiasts. Um, it's one of the most intact original uh, pieces uh, wagon in this country. I have had a wagon enthusiasts down in um, Texas who rebuilds these as a hobby. And he called me last winter and was like, I need, pic- I need pictures. He reminded me of the accent of Yosemite Sam. And he's, I need pictures. You, so I'm like under the wagon taking pictures for him, <laughs> sending him all these pictures. And he's, um, yeah, so I had no idea until he called me that this was, this was uh, an awesome wagon. It is. I mean, <laughs> it, I the, mean it's, we think it is, but I didn't know really the history cool. behind, like, like this was the most intact original um, parts on wow. one of these in the country. One of the few that's still intact, you know, original pieces. Right. So, yeah, when I started taking pictures of it for him, I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he claims he's going to come up here one of these days and see it in person. So this is um, a hearth oven. Um, it is believed, um, my predecessor used to call it the crock pot of Native Americans. Um, they believe... They cooked food in here. Um, what I have read, it was more for um, shaping bowls. Okay, uh, like a kiln. Uh-huh, like a kiln. Okay. Yeah, for pottery and stuff. Because, you know, all these steelite bo- uh, bowls, uh, they would make them, and then because they were nomadic, they would just leave them. Okay. And then, but um, this came from one of the Thunder Basin mine, I believe. And um, they dug it up and then brought it here. And what for we're us looking at is a, is a cut in half version of this stove that's probably three foot by three foot high, and then the walls on it are close to a foot thick, all made of mud or earth. Mm-hmm. And it's a cutaway, like I said, and it's yep. just really, really interesting. Yeah. So that. Um... <clears throat> this got a glass front on it so that it doesn't deteriorate. I'm yes, yes, because we, we would have apart. people pick, picking oh. at it, and so I'd come back here every night to shut lights off, and it'd be down on the ground. So we did finally get some. Put it in a case. Yeah, 
And it, I mean, even though it's on wheels, I mean, it is a bear cat to move. I'll bet it's really it's heavy. Just, it's where it is right now forever, probably. But yeah, so we have other Native American items, uh, war clubs. Um, we have um, clothing, beaded clothing, um, mainly ceremonial type Native American um, textiles. Just a beautiful and a lot display of, this, um, of points. Guernsey State too. Park also has a museum made by the CCC. And uh, I um, am in charge of that museum too. So some of this, um, some of our other Native American stuff is down there. In which, Guernsey? Yes, Guernsey State Park. How far is Guernsey from here? Uh, it's about an hour and a half. I was going to say, it's quite a ways, which, which again is right close but they're, to... They're, they're, it's close to the wagon ruts. And it's also close uh, to, to Register, Register Cliffs mm-hmm. and to Fort Laramie. Right. Which is where a lot of the treaties and stuff were right. written. And, right. And, and so Guernsey State Park, the CCC built in the 30s uh, a lot of structures at the park, including this museum. Okay. And so it's seasonal. So we have um, displays in that museum as well. Um, and the stuff that we loan them during the uh, summer season, we bring back in the winter. Okay. Um, we have some Native American stuff, and a lot of it is um, kind of um, Bureau of Reclamation stuff and the history of Guernsey State Park and the reservoir there. Okay, and Guernsey's where the uh, National Guard headquarters yes. is. Yes. And yes. so, yeah, I've been to Guernsey a couple different times. Never have been to the museum there. Yeah, I may the, have to at change the state, that. On the state park in the in the by the lake, Guernsey State Park, okay. the recreation lake recreation. So, now we go downstairs. Um, oh, we got it downstairs, too. Yes. Um, these, now, that's a pair of coveralls. Yes, see I'm looking at a pair of coveralls so, that are probably for a man that's about five foot eight. Well. And these things are three feet wide. If you turn around, you'll see the guy that owned those overalls. Oh, that poor horse. Uh, Charlie Irwin, and he was... Uh, approximately nearly 500 pounds and these are his overalls and what I want to do we're going to take these out this winter and we're going to make a mannequin that will show you the size of Charlie Irwin. Are (laughs) you going to put him on Sir Barton? (laughs) (laughs) Oh I could thank you for the idea (laughs) yes (laughs) I'll put him on I'll put him on our cardboard cut out of Sir Barton. For effect. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have gone there. Actually, it's a good idea. But anyway. <laughs> and because the kids get the most, I mean, they they also write about the overalls a lot. Well, but that picture, that horse was not a draft horse. No, poor thing. Holy smokes. <laughs> so we have, this is our downstairs area. We call this the tool room, tool gallery. But you see there's a lot of everything in here. There every, is. Everything else. We've got model cars, too. Um, fossils. Um a lot of this stuff should be up in the Native American gallery, um, but we just, you know, we're, we run out of room, even though this building is almost 16,000 square feet. So um, this direction, we have a lot of um, equipment, uh, wash, old wash machines. We have a, um, for little kids when they come in here, because it is so overwhelming, we give them a scavenger hunt. Okay. And so, we have uh, some clues in each gallery, and one of them is, you know, the washing machine. This is here. Mom washes your clothes, and got, would have washed your clothes in this back in the day. And yeah, old irons. Yeah, tons of irons. 
Tons of saddle making equipment. Um, this well, is an incubator. Um, I've really? had farmers go ballistic. Like I, I'm, I, I didn't grow up 4-H and farming, so I, I'm like, this guy was so enthralled with this, and but he. But most people are used to these little incubators that you buy. Yeah, from, and so from he was going to. This thing's th yeah. three and a half feet by three and a half feet. It would, had 200 tick capacity. Whoa. And so he and was, it's all made out of wood. Yeah. So um, he taught wow. me, you know, I was like, I was like, really? What are you talking about? You know, so we have people still teaching me things all the time about all this equipment. Um, he was going to bring his dad here. He couldn't even believe he, something like this existed. So um, we have separator. old, yep, we have old uh, plows and wells and wheelbarrows. And uh, we're going to redo the uh, mining section this winter. Um, Old grindstones? Yes. Just See, Florence Lumber, that was part of Florence Hardware. And drills and cauldrons. And scales and... Just um, all kinds of stuff down here as far as farm machinery and old, yeah. and old woodworking machinery, uh, traps. Traps and... Um, just all kinds of yeah. things. This is just fascinating. I'm a tool person. So, oh, okay. Well, so, then you're in heaven. I, I, I'm, I'm looking at yeah. this just totally intrigued. And this is one of my favorite things is the uh, wave machine. This yes. is women's permanent wave machine. That looks like you should be hooked up like to an electric chair. <laughs> yeah. Some we, out of the Frankenstein movie. Exactly. I'd be horrified. To I mean, what we went through. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> this... Came, this uh, uh, hairdressers uh, scene. Most of it came from uh, over in Casper. Uh, okay. And, and you've got an old chair and an old yep, hair dryer. All this stuff came from uh, and this perm this machine. Casper Every salon. time I see these things, I just yes. I, I just am totally. <laughs> what what woman goes in and says, "I think I want to be hooked up to this." Thing. Oh my gosh! Look at that thing. <laughs> I mean, it must have taken hours to get hooked up to that. Um, so well, we perms have, take hours anyway. Yeah, they for the do. Most part, yeah. so. <laughs> um, but just the, uh, you know, just the thought of, are you really going to plug that in? Yeah. My hair's wet. My I'm hair, in curls, yeah. and mm -hmm. you're going to plug this thing yeah. in. <laughs> no wonder they came out frizzy. <laughs> um, so yeah, we've got uh, original Douglas budget um, printing press. Um, Maris Barrow was the Douglas, the first uh, owner of the Douglas budget. Okay. And anyway, we've got... A switchboard. We've got a switchboard. We've got scenes from different parts of your home. We've got um, the kitchen, the dining room. And now just, just for people listening that don't know what the old switchboard is, <laughs> it used to be that your phone had a crank on it. You'd crank the phone and it would ring into an operator and then you would tell her who you wanted to be connected mm -hmm. with and she had to sit there and push little plugins mm -hmm. like what you have in the bottom of your phone or yes. in your speaker or whatever into the next deal in order to get it to ring to the next And that's house. on our um, scavenger hunt as well. I said to the, one of the hints says it fits in your pocket today. That one they have <laughs> they have the hardest time getting that one right. Oh, I'll bet. <laughs> or finding it. Or yeah, yeah, cuz you wouldn't understand they, what that... Yeah, little little don't understand what what, what happened and um, I went to the historical society meeting on Sunday, and they had a guest speaker about um, from the Ogallala, the owners of the Ogallala Ranch, and they were saying they were the, they were like, "What was your number?" And they were like, "One long ring and two short," or you know, right. it wasn't a number; it was a 
uh, your ring sequence, uh, like sequence. Code. yeah 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 and all the ranchers had you know that that ranch had the was like the switchboard of all the ranches out there wow. and so they had to call to that ranch and then that ranch had to plug them into the operator so <laughs> it and wasn't you got easy a non-electric vacuum cleaner one that you had to hand pump <laughs> yeah now we did a podcast in pocatello idaho at what they call the museum of clean Oh. That man has over 500 oh. non-electric vacuum cleaners. <laughs> Listen to the podcast because yeah, it's I just will. totally fascinating. Because I haven't heard of, of that clean, museum before. The Museum of Clean is, is just beyond. Yeah, I used to, the, I used to live over in, uh, when I first started uh, my curation career, it was over in the Jackson, at the Jackson Hole History Museum. Okay. So I go to Idaho a lot, but I had not heard of that one in Pocatello. Well, he's got 7,000 square <laughs> oh feet. Oh, my gosh. Of uh, 7,000 square feet of cleaning oh. things. Oh, gosh. And it's just, it's totally fascinating. Like yeah. I said, listen to the podcast. Yeah. You'll, you'll be impressed. And the guy that took me through there was 84 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's yeah. been collecting so for a while. We've got everything from... Uh, Old toys. Ba yeah, ba the babies were born and put into this basket, and so every baby that was in this basket is on here at one time. Uh, we've got we've got a lot of babies <laughs> listed on, and this is a basket that's about uh, two foot long and eighteen inches wide, has two handles on it, and it's just like yep, an old, it was uh, like the old garden the, basket. Yeah, the old maternity ward at the house hospital, like which I forgot to mention, like the hospital out at the uh, POW camp. It was a hundred, hundred and fifty bed hospital. So when the camp closed, that became Douglas's hospital. So most of our baby boomers were born there. Oh, of course it's not there anymore. But before that, it was just a house hospital okay. here in Douglas. Um, so not until the after the war did they have a hospital with actual, you know, multiple beds. Right. <laughs> so it was this house hospital that most of these people were born in, put in that basket. So. Wow. This museum is just full of interesting things, and I yes. love all your stories. Thank you. And the, we, <clears throat> this map is uh, came from the World's Fair. Um, it is getting... Unfortunately, dinged up, but uh, it was the 1939 World's Fair, or, yeah. And this uh, it's a map of Wyoming that has the different reservoirs, all the different towns, uh, different historical sites. You've got Hell's Half Acre, Teapot Dome, yep. uh, Hole it, in the Wall, the Dome Life Battleground. You've got Union Pass, Togety Pass, uh, Yellowstone Lake, Cody. Uh, just everywhere in Wyoming yeah. and, and a lot of the site of Fort Fetterman. Just a lot of Yep, a lot of our sites, sites that are neat, still... Really neat map. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I tried to shrink it down into a, like a postcard, but it did, I didn't... I don't have the talent for that, I guess. But we get a lot of people asking if we have a postcard of that map. Yeah, that's, that's um, a neat one to... So then this is our last room. We used to call it the furniture room. Um, it's kind of our catch-all room when I... Came there was chairs just lining every inch of this room, so we tried to make it a. Um, when we got all of our new lights, we packed everything up and then kind of thinned it out. It doesn't look thinned out, but it really is. And I found all these baby carriages in storage, so she's I thought, got like like twenty baby carriages <laughs> in the center of this room that are all behind a, a barricade type thing. But 
there are all kinds of different looking yeah, uh, various baby carriages, um, buggy looking ones. Uh, Yes, our oldest, our oldest is a from 1840, this one. So I started doing some research on some of them. So this one was an 1840s, but they go, of course, from to the 50s. And the one um, in from the 50s looks like your Samsonite suitcase from the 50s with the top cut off. Yeah, and so like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was heavy duty. It's metal. Is it metal? Uh, yeah. And well, then, it's the color of that blue Samsonite that was so popular in the 50s yeah. with wheels stuck and on the bottom of it. And you see the wicker baskets, the mom had hers, and then they'd make doll baby ones for like oh, their older ch girl okay. children. So that's what the little or tinier ones are, but... And then you've got a desk in here. You've got a really nice cash register. Yeah, that was a 1909 uh, National Cash Register. You saw a bunch of cash registers on the bar. Right. Those were some older. Those were wood upstairs. Oh, they were but, wood uh, cash registers? Yes. One of, I think both of them were wood. This wow. one's uh, the one with the multiple drawers um, on it, and it did plug in at one time. Now, this is, and some of these desks are from um, pioneers who had, were, had first businesses here in Douglas. So the desks um, came from those people. And Ayers. And then you've got wheelchairs. Um, you know, Ayers Natural Bridge. So um, AC Ayers was one of our first pioneers here. Okay. And he, a lot of this, a lot of the original stuff, uh, Ayers family donated. I really a wanted to stop there, but it's closed <laughs> it's right It's closed now. for the season, and then it closed early because uh, the early storm in September knocked pretty much all their trees down. And there's um, two oh. caretakers that live out there, and it was... Pretty much them doing all the cleanup. So, okay. Um, but it is a very beautiful site. And I haven't ever been. I, I drove by it and I didn't. It's stop. a great picnic place. Um, I went out there this summer and it was packed. Of course, people were recreating outside this summer more than usual. So, um, but it was just packed full of picnickers. Okay, and explain this chair to me. Oh, this chair. I've got a chair. I've got a chair that's got little <laughs> tiny arms on it that kind of loop on out and go about ten inches. The chair has a very straight back, and it's got like the bench part of the chair, but it's got an elevated seat with a cushion on it, like what you'd see in an old ottoman. Uh, and then that matching ottoman. <laughs> and then a matching ottoman. And, it, I, I don't and of course understand. the head rests, but it almost looks like a head restraint because oh, this yeah. is a dentist chair. It's a dentist chair. From the late 1800s. And um, it does, okay, I see the mechanisms <laughs> to where you can lay back. Yeah, so this is a... I still don't understand the seat. Um, <laughs> in case the guy needed to wiggle his tooth out, I don't know. I he don't got, know. Moved around. <laughs> does, the seat, does the seat swivel? Um, I think it does. Uh, yeah. Wow. They were yes. yanking on you. And this was, this I guess came they from, gave you an escape route. Yeah. This came from Dubois, Wyoming. <laughs> your, a, your head was fastened in there, but you could wiggle your legs if you needed to kick, I guess. And then it's got a mechanism that comes down with a bar on it so that you can tip <laughs> that seat back. Yeah. Wow. That yeah. is a cool chair. Yep. So, yeah, just some chairs, some uh, old wheelchair. And a couple um, of old barber chairs. Uh, yep. This was a... A podiatrist, or yeah, at that point. Oh, podiatrist. Yeah, foot okay. care. It looked kind of like an old barber chair. Yeah, this one I think. I guess you trim you trim your this hair one, in I that think one. This you is, trim your feet in this. Yeah, one. this is the, uh, a, the also a dentist chair, um, but it could be mistaken for a barber chair because you could lean your head back and get a shave. Okay. But this one is podiatrist, and then um, just uh, these old. Uh, 
wave machines. Um, I had no idea what they were, but they were more for chiropractic offices. Okay. Um, kind of like an old rife machine or... Yeah, I, I'm not 100% sure what, to what they did. To induce deep heating in the tissue yeah. for therapeutic so purposes. Like, uh, I've been to a chiropractor and they have like this heated wand, the ultrasound right. thing, and that's what I think this was the original something for that, for chiropractic. These are cool. I had some guy come in here with some catalog and he was like, these are like amazing. And I had no clue like that they were anything. Revitherium. But they Shortwave are... Diathermy machine Diathermy. used for high frequency mm -hmm. heat therapy in chiropractic offices. Yeah, so I had to do more wow. research and put some labels on them because um, we didn't have any labels on them. And actually, they were over here by the elevator. They weren't even in this room. Huh. So I thought they were just, oh, you know, kind of, ugh. but no, they're, you know, sometimes. And then, yeah, then we have all these, uh, like I said, this is more of a catch all room. Right. At, at first, I think this is um, the place where. Our predecessor put everything because it wouldn't fit in storage. So it's kind of, it's a music room. It's a furniture room. So with, uh, but we've got a lot of uh, a, a phonograph. Um, of course, this came from the AC Ears collection. Um, this, this is pretty cool, the uh, Clockwork Oak Criterion. And it's Music got a, it's got a metal a metal record like like the old LPs all except it's very large it's uh, half again as big as like a yeah. thirty three I'd say it's twelve uh, inches LP, at least twelve inches maybe fourteen mm -hmm. and it's got a whole bunch of little square notches in the tin like almost like the player piano like a notes? music yeah. box mm -hmm. or something yeah. yeah. And exactly. I wonder if you could change those discs out or if I, you just played the one disc. I think you could change them out. I haven't found any in our collection, but you know, like the old um, phonograph tubes. Right. I've found a ton of those because we have a smaller phonograph and, you know, to the, the all this one came with a bigger horn and this one too. Right. Um, but we've got even a smaller one than this that used to play the old cylinders. Okay. You know. I'd like to see one of the old cylinder. I have an old cylinder. Oh yeah. That I bought at an antique store just because I'd never this seen one. This lady that passed away before she went to Casper to a nursing home, she called me and I went over to her house and she had this tiny little phonograph and then gave me a box load of cylinders. Oh. Um, that is so cool. Yeah, and she passed um, last year, but she but yeah, so we have some cylinders. They're in storage right now, but we have a Windsor bed, so that pulled down as a bed. Okay, kind of um, like a Murphy like, bed. Yeah, and then some of this stuff. Um, a Murphy bed in a cabinet, I guess is what yeah. you call it. Yeah, so yeah. for small spaces. Um, but yeah, that's, that's our tour of the museum. Well, that is just absolutely <laughs> awesome. I so appreciate you taking... Uh, your time today, Jenna, to meet oh, with us, to take me welcome. through here, My pleasure. to walk us through and, and talk to us about what you've got. Douglas is a cool town. I had no idea about the POW camp. Oh, yes. I've learned a lot today, and I hope people on their way north from Cheyenne will stop, uh, take a look at what you've got, or if they're at the state fair, it'd be the oh, perfect yeah. time to come in and, and, we're and take a look around. Free admission, so come free on. Free admission, in. even. How can yes. you beat that? Free admission right now at all of our sites. Um, I've lived in many towns in Wyoming and worked in the museum business in a lot of them, and 
I can tell you that Douglas has uh, the best historical community there there is. Um, they the people here are really devoted to their um, the history of this town or in this county. Well, that is just cool, and there is so much history here, and I I strongly encourage people to come by. Again, I appreciate your time. I usually finish out my podcast by saying the world is full of wonders. People need to get out and explore. This stuff is everywhere. There is so much to learn, so much to see, so much to do. And I hope everybody has an absolutely wonder-filled day. Haul the road and go. Where am I to go? Meet Johnny. Where am I to go? For I'm a young and a sailor lad. And where am I to go?